Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast. This is Case 12, Color of Lightning. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe. As Roy. That's me. Gabe as Roy, everyone's favorite character. Matt as Rocky. Yep, it's uh, it's definitely me. You know, Matt as Rocky, everyone's uh, favorite character. And Brian as Pippa. Uh, did I have a showing? Yeah, who cares? I hope the boys are going to be okay. Welcome back, air players. How is everybody doing tonight? What are we eating and drinking? There's been a request to hear about what we've been drinking and eating. Oh, I have watermelon breeze and vodka. He is going to be totally trashed by the end of the episode. You trash episode. Just have to record it all over again. Matt's drinking straight vodka, it looks like. I'm drinking his nose blood. I'm drinking a nice cab. Mm. I was just in a red wine kind of mood. And uh, we had uh, bacon and eggs for dinner. I had chicken drumsticks, sous vide, and then grilled. I had Five Guys Burger and fries. Listeners, if you'd like to provide some feedback or praise or just say howdy, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And we did get one letter. This is from H. Prendable, who says, Greetings from icy Antarctica. Avid fan of your research, eagerly awaiting your next recording. Do be careful. Wishing you well. If you see a husky, just shut the door and don't let it in. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com slash Lovecraft Types. Thank you to Jordy Rose, Barry Robeson, Brittany Davis, Chris Parker, Elizabeth Grieve, Atulia, Madeline Turnipseed, Jefferson Bell, Brownie Davis, Eric Zane, Olda Polkert, Mitch L, Lobster Johnson, Wooder Ryan, Kyle Sherman, Frank Delventhal, Huge Pie, David Winterman, John Imray, Daniel Hissey, Eric Phillips, Malambra 57, Snow, Wild Pants, Daniel Caprone, Amanda Power, Dom Driver, Yasmin Amber, John May, congrats on the promotion, John, Bastard King, Dakota Smith, Davinia Vonzerovich, Eric Setterberg, Phil Dickinson, Robert Jameson, Mall, Boston Harbor Whore, Rain, Young Old One, Yog, A.E. Jonesy, Stephen Gregory, Liz Moonberry, Marty Dixon, Andrew Petty, Shane Stoley, Chainsaw Unicorn, Sheldon Warner, Gregory Schmucker, Captain Vashton, Rolling Boxcars, Flix Capacitator, Jeffrey Young, Bifford, Hoser underscore 21, James Brown, Holden Oman's Batran, Tian Tai, John Scarcella, Ineptus the Stardus, Justin Levac, Phil Campbell, AJ Ake, Tomas, John Konopasik, Kevin G. Matthew, Mick Cope, and finally, Phoenix Black. So thanks, guys. Appreciate all that. Before we begin, guys, guess what we need to do? We need to run through the uh, people who are paying that extra dollar to have Gabe make fun of their names, right? Matt is a stupid name. Uh, he got me good there. We need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the Vincent Quest. Your new world awaits. We've all been waiting for this moment. The moment that we shape the very history of mankind. You've all been chosen as tomorrow's saviors to find a new world. I thought this was only a colonization trip. I guess we'll find out. 
Doesn't it seem odd? This much military? What do they expect to find? New worlds have new monsters. Warning. Warning. Collision in route. Get to the pod. Wait! Wait! Mabel, I love... Something is on this ship, and we need to get off. It's not that simple. We're too far to return home. I went out into space and found a darkness that will consume us all. We need to find the immune. Immune? Whoever doesn't die from their bite. I don't think we're ever going home. What makes you think there's a home to go to? The Others by Manic D Media. An audio drama available now. Well, hello, sweeties. Welcome to Grandma Huffenstuff's Pancake Palace. You look mighty hungry, so why don't you take that empty booth over there in the corner? Coffee, tea, meat pie, it's all free. What we like to call appetizers. <laughs> Yeah, old grandma came up with that one all on her own. Now here's the menu. I know it's heavy, but we make a lot of dishes. Just open up the cover. Bound in totally normal leather, not human skin. Never mind all those scars and stitches. That's just usual wear and tear. And if you see any fresh red syrup leaking out of the menu, please use a napkin to clean it up for the next guest. All right, let's dig in, shall we? Mm, mm, mm. If you're hanking for a burger, you might want to order the Five Guys Special. There's lots of meat in that one. You really get your Five Guys worth. What's that? Watching your weight? No worries. Our locale selection has generous silpins of salads, tofu, and even green smoothies blend up with our special house ingredients we've managed to capture crawling in our basement walls. Just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. Or perhaps you hear the sample Grandma's famous pancakes. We've got all kinds of toppings from these nuts to dangling knock berries to sugar lumps to meat truffles to prairie oysters to chicken tenders to snow globes. Oh, with our proprietary lumpy glazing. What's that? Oh, no hurry at all, sweeties. Take your time. When y'all ready to order, simply light the candle on your table and read the menu item aloud. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to borrow your salt shaker before you decide. Just gonna make a little circle around my feet. There we go. All set. Order away. And we're back. What would you guys think of that product under service? Where are you getting these lowball sponsors from? Don't pick on uh, Gabe's lowballs. I mean, they're really low, though. It's kind of medically problem. He can tie them in a knot and he can tie them in a bow. Well, they keep getting tied in bows on accident. That's the problem. Guys, if we're being totally honest, that product under service was 
probably created by two lonely white guys stuck together in some godforsaken marketing agency in the Bay Area warehousing district of a crumbling metropolis. All day, they look blankly at one another trying to muster any empathy at all, even the slightest twinge of joy or hatred, optimism or disgust. But they are as empty as the plain white paper that sits on the table in front of them. No ideas, no hope, no recourse, but the promise of a bottle of booze that night. But just then, a bird alights on the ledge outside their office window and chirps a most beauteous song. It sings about faraway lands, fair princesses, valiant heroes, and wondrous riches spilling out of platinum coffers. One of the men, suddenly inspired, rises to his feet, fairly floats across the floor, and promptly slams the window shut, scaring away the avian intruder. Then he returns to the table, where the two remain for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year, until... At some point in the far-flung future, they come up with an idea that's almost as good as the pet rock. Almost. It's called a fidget spinner. Now, dear investigators, we play. Case 12, tape 9, Opening Night Critters. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. After a fitful night's sleep... Friday morning at Blaine Manor brings our investigators of the unknown together to compare notes and share mayo crepes. But the camaraderie is rudely interrupted. A rat thing, bearing a familiar likeness, shakes Roy's sanity, causing him to be less than useful when his friends are attacked. Rocky and Pippa join forces to defend against the disgusting beast, narrowly avoiding the sharp, pointy, biting teeth and razor-tipped claws. Emerging somehow victorious, the group wonders what this intrusion might have to do with the nightmares of the previous night, and whether Madame Starbuck's influence might extend beyond that of a mere mortal. Roy, you sit up on the wet, dewy grass and try to see through the smoke. Somewhere, a man is screaming in pain, and other voices call out for help. A ray of early morning sunlight breaks through the mist to illuminate a hulking shadow just to your left, only 20 feet away. It's a dump truck, turned on its side, the windshield smashed out, and the grill scarred black, pieces of the engine block poking out. Evidently, one of the lightning bolts had directly struck the vehicle, blasting it from where it had been parked and nearly launching it on top of you. Just a few more feet, and you would have been squashed flat. Holy jeez, you hear someone cry out on your other side. You, you okay, Ken? Bugsy Jr. stands nearby, hand held out to help you up. I'm all right now that you're here, but it could have been kind of bad. Oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell happened here? Well, I almost died. That's for one thing. The city might be hearing about this. You got some black marks on your pants there. Yeah, all that's new. That just happened now. None of it was happening before. I guess it's good that you wore your black pants. Yeah, it kind of helps it blend, but know that the damage is done, and, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it just narrowly missed me, too, but, uh, oh, God, do you see the corporal anywhere? He's got to be around. And sure enough, uh, you spot him 30 feet away, pretty close, actually, to where you remember the well being. Well, I see him. He's over by the well, I think. Hey, uh, corporal, you all right? And you see the figure, he's just standing with his arms on his hips, looking out at something unresponsive. 
Of course he's all right. He's the corporal. Nothing shakes him. Oh, yeah, you got that right. Uh, I, I got to call for some backup, though. And you see him uh, pull out his phone and, and uh, start typing in a number. And you hear this audible, loud squeal coming from the phone. He pulls it away from his ear. Ah, jeez. What the hell? Well, I mean, I don't know if backup would be coming today. Oh, no kidding. Uh, you, you got a phone on you, kid? I mean, yeah, you can borrow it. But I'm telling you, backup in this city should be occupied based on what I've been hearing around. All right, well, uh, let me take a look there. Uh, you mind if I borrow it? Yeah, I'll hand him the phone, the shitty phone. What century is this from? Jesus Christ. Look, I like to be off the grid. <laughs> and he starts typing the number, brings up, and you hear that same squeal coming out of your phone. He pulls it away and practically drops it. These things are the Fritz, too. Look, I'm telling you, man, all the backup probably over at Arkham, based on what I heard. I mean, the police really ought to be on that over at the college. What's up at the college? Wait. You tell me you didn't hear this? What? Well, I heard that there was some kind of nut god who said he was going to blow it up today and all the cops were going to be down there. Wait, do the cops in this town really not know about this? I, I got to get with the corporal see what's going on here. Uh, why don't you run up and grab him and I, I'm going to go uh, see if uh, one of my other guys has a phone that works, all right? Yeah. I'll meet you over there. All right, and I'll run and up and I'll pick off. the corporal up and put him over my head. And the corporal's just standing there and as you approach him, you can see the expanse where the well once stood it is now a smoking crater don't stick your dick in that or hot 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 and this thing appears to be easily 30 yards across bowl shaped about 30 feet deep there's absolutely no sign of the well everything that was parked around it has been flung away from it and you see more machinery tipped on its side and rendered useless. Oh, man, Corporal, did you do this yourself? Shouldn't have had that extra help in the veins. He turns his uh, head slowly to you with that cold gaze. What do you know about it? Well, I know they were excavating, or they were hoping to. I'd be willing to bet that's not going to happen today. Well, I think it already did happen today. What are you doing here? Bugsy brought me. I'm his closest confidant. Is that so? That's what I hear. Well, what do you make of all this? All this lightning? Near as I can tell, the lightning didn't want us to excavate this, so it took care of it for us. So it's got a mind of its own, huh? Lots of things do around here, and I think you know that, Corporal. That's about the smartest thing I heard you said so far. You don't grow up around these parts without learning to accept a few things. This strange lightning, just uh, coincidental, huh? That uh, came down from the heavens and blew the shit out of our equipment just when we were going to dig for some bodies? Well, it might not be a coincidence. It might be. I don't know, but I'm willing to help you find out. Why don't you uh, try that down there and take a look around, see if you can find where the well was. If you want to make yourself useful, let me know what you find out. I'll be back in a minute. All right, I'll see you, the corporal. I'll see you, Ken Burns, documentarian. Formality's important. I don't know why the young people drop it like that. Carefully try and get down into the crater a little bit. And as you go, you can clearly tell by the detritus and the stone formations that everything was sort of blown from where the lightning hit the ground. It almost appears like it hit directly into the hole of the well. There is no opening anymore whatsoever. And why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? I need a 75. I got an 11. That's an extreme. So you're, you're looking around to try to find that hole, but you notice something wedged halfway in the dirt it has a silver glint to it 
Just like a little piece of something half buried. Well, I'll pull out my archaeology kit that I've had this whole time. Brush it off. You're going to pull out the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow uh, glasses? Pulls out the Indiana Jones hat. Immediately yells at somebody that it belongs in a museum. I'm an archaeologist. So you stoop next to this glint of metal and brush away some of the dirt, and it looks like it's the butt of a gun? Well, I'll pick that up instantly and inspect it. So you clear away more of the dirt and are able to, with some effort, unearth long sleeves. But it looks like it's in pretty bad shape. It's going to require some repair to be of any use. So just keep that in mind. You're, You're able to put that back in your inventory on your character sheet. And it'll have all the same stats and everything. But you're going to basically have to spend some money and time getting this thing repaired. It probably won't be this scenario, just an FYI. Not too far away from long sleeves, you do find short sleeves, but it's a mangled, melted piece. I'm still going to pick it up. I sell it on eBay as a collector's item. The hole with the well, does it go down any further or are we like at the bottom? The hole is completely sealed up. You cannot see any portion of it. Because I know that I know it. And I'm not sure that they know it. I'm going to, like, take out my titanium spork that I've had. And I'll sort of, like, carve into it a little bit just so they know where it is. Then you see uh, the Corporal and Bugsy Jr. come to the edge of the crater and, and yell down, Hey, hey, Ken, you find anything down there? Yeah, I found the well. When we get things back up and running, I guess we'll take another run at it. But, hey, tell, tell us more about this... Uh, this problem up at the university. What What do you know about that? I was over there, and I just heard in the parking lot, and I reported it, but I never really got any word back. I heard some nut job in the parking lot in his van talking about how, oh, they, tonight was the night for the job, and, and uh, you know, there might be some boom boom going on over there. This is, I mean, I reported it, and I was told all the reinforcements were going to be there. I don't know how it never got back to you guys. Well, we, I guess we got to check it out. I'll tell you what, the corporal's going to take care of things here. He's, he wants to take charge. Come with me. Uh, downtown and uh, we'll, we'll get some other folks on this uh, threat what are you talking about? I mean I'm telling you I'll let you know I saw his van this dude's a real deal uh, we're gonna have you talk to some folks and uh, maybe, maybe there's a connection there with Tina so why, why don't you come with me and we'll, we'll head downtown Anything for you. Anything for the law. The two of you walk towards town, which isn't that far away. The corporal takes control of the excavation, and you hear sirens, and an ambulance is coming to... Bugsy tells you along the way that uh, one of the guys died. He was uh, cut in half. Rocky. For some reason, you're inexplicably nervous. Sure, It's been a long time since you've had to confront the advances of a fellow human being, but blast it, you've faced off against supernatural creatures, serial killers, and that one time in lower Manhattan when you had to dispatch a nest of ghouls who'd been masquerading as a punk rock band but had been secretly eating their groupies. Though, we don't like to talk about lower Manhattan, do we? No. So... Why does Charlene Abernathy's attention make you simultaneously sweaty and, dare you think it, happy? Nope, that's not it. Sick? Delirious? Feverish? Elated? Maybe. Or perhaps it's just a biological reaction that belongs to this body and not to you. Besides, you have more important things to do just now, and it wouldn't be right to invite a stranger into this crazy life you lead. Yet, you can't help but wonder what she'll be wearing at the tapas restaurant tonight. Something summery, you suppose. A simple blouse with a floral pattern. 
tight jeans, those dolphin-shaped earrings that really show off her pink lobes. Without realizing it, you've taken the elevator down to the caverns below Blaine Manor and are staring out at the dark, lonely expanse of damp rock. First thing I'm going to do is, like always, make my way towards the mainframe, wheel the chair over, sit down, and run my daily video progress check and see how it's how it's doing. It's actually making uh, pretty good progress. Uh, again, you figure it's probably going to be around Saturday or so when uh, it should wrap up from the progress report. You can hear the hard drive thrashing away, and that's just about it. However, as you're sitting, waiting, and watching the monitor, you absentmindedly reach into your pocket and feel something. Do I want to know what this is? Well, it's something that you put there yesterday. I'm going to pull it out and look at it. It's that bracelet that Charlene gave you. You know, the one that has like her number etched into it. It's really kind of a nice, sweet, you know, the way she has a way with the crafts. And... Oh, wait a minute. Didn't Carolyn LaCroix ask you to bring her more bracelets if you ran across them? She's trying to decipher that symbol. Uh, yes, of course. Things tend to slip when it gets a little crazy around here. So seeing that the computer is doing its thing, I'm going to walk out of the mainframe room, look over at that door that I haven't been able to unlock, and just for fun go over and give the door handle a jiggle, just in case. And then once it doesn't open. You never know. One of the, it might one of these days. I'm going to head back out and up the elevator. And uh, obviously, the uh, university is a ways away, so you're going to have to figure out some way to get there. There's this really great app called Boober. It's a boat. I'm going to take a boat, and the whole way there, I'm on a boat. Champagne. Grab an Uber over to the university. I'm going to check and see if Carl is uh, is currently driving. He is actually he's in your neighborhood. He's he's a mile away. Cool. I'm going to uh I'm going to see if I can't get my buddy Carl to uh to take me to the the university. And sure enough within mere minutes, uh he picks you up out front. Hello again. Oh, pleasure to meet you again, Carl. Um, I was hoping that you might be able to give me a uh, a ride over to Arkham University. I have a meeting with an acquaintance of mine. We have to discuss some things. Yes, I'm happy to do that. That's why I get paid. Do you like reggae music? I mean, it's not in my top five favorite genres, but I mean, I enjoy it from time to time. All right. Reggae it is. And he turns on the radio and drives away. No. Woman, no cry. Bob my head to the steel drum. Give me a spy hidden, please. Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled an 18. That's a hard success. So you're sitting in the back of the Uber, trying to ignore the reggae. Uh, little Bob Marley goes a long way. You know what I'm saying? So you're looking out the window at Arkham going by, and you see another Twilight Sideshow poster, but this one looks a little different. You can't quite make it out from the moving car, but all you can make out are the words living doll. Carl, 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 stop the car. What, is it too loud, the reggae? No, it's not you. Wait, just one second, one, and I'm going to get out of the car. All right, there's a surcharge, but okay. That's fine, I'll, I'll pay. Don't, and I'm going to just back down the street for that poster, and I'm going to rip it off of whatever it was hanging on, whether it was a, a pole or a wall or whatnot, and I'm going to go back to the car and get back in and say, all right, um, sorry about that, please continue. No, that's okay, I get paid for this shit. Mind if I light up? Do you like joints? Well, I have several bad ones, but the good ones I still try and keep. I have cataracts. I sprained my finger once. 
the Twilight Sideshow poster is pretty much the same design as the one you saw previously. However, this one shows a woman that looks just like a doll, but the eyes are very lifelike. It's made up, it has red lipstick and long brown hair, these long lashes, but the eyes have this strange, almost frightened look to them. The text is, See... The Living Doll at the Twilight Sideshow on opening night only. And it shows this dollhouse in the background, the uh, shapes of normal-sized people who are towering over this figure who is just standing stock still in the center of the photo. It looks quite a lot like Tina Quinlan. Well, this is interesting. What do you have there? Another... Poster for that circus that's opening tonight. It- oh, yes, the circus. Are you going? Do you have a date already? Actually, no. I have uh, I have another thing I'm doing. The Tapas Restaurant is doing their experimental in-the-dark eating experiment thing tonight. I mm, I have not heard of that, but it sounds interesting. Yes, it's where in- they, they put you in the restaurant and you eat food, but there's no light. It's all dark. They- and he slowly turns up the reggae. They claim that by sitting in the... And with the one star. Within uh, just 10 minutes, uh, he deposits you at the front of the university. Shall I wait? No, this might be a while. All right. Have a pleasant day. Thank you for the one star. And he drives away. I'm going to pull the poster out, snap a picture of the, the doll off the poster, and I'm going to send it to Roy and be like, hey, does this look familiar to you? And then I'm going to kind of fold it up and take it with me and start heading towards the doctor's office. So, yeah, you make your way to the history buildings and find her office. Uh, As usual, her door is open and you see her sitting, reading a book, her back turned to you, her feet propped up on uh, one of the bookcases behind her desk. And she's got a book propped up on her lap. Going to kind of lean in a bit and then just knock. I'll give the door a couple of knocks. Uh, professor, I'm not interrupting, am I? And there's no response. I'm going to take a couple of steps closer. Professor, I um, you were asking about more of the, the bracelets. I happen to find another one, and I'm going to like reach up and push the book down. And you reach up and can immediately see that her face is blue, and her tongue is lolling out of her mouth, thickened. Her eyes bulging out of her skull. Well, that's unfortunate. Wonder what this book's about. No, that's legitimately what I want to know, is I want to know what book she was reading. One of hers that she wrote, and it is upside down, as if she had been staged. Leave her where she is, and I'm going to very thoroughly scout the office, see if anybody has moved anything around, taken anything. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. Uh, I needed a 60, I rolled a 9. That's an extreme success. So the first thing you notice when you're uh, looking at the book to see what it was that she was reading upside down, her neck is still quite constrained by something. You could see something sunken into the folds of her flesh, tightening around her neck. Go around the back of her chair and see if there's maybe something tied off to the back of that holding her. No, it appears to be something literally all the way around her neck, sunken deep into the flesh. You can see a little bit of blood and, of course, the pooling blood underneath the skin. 
as any good professor who needs to be on the go is. She has her, like, a large leather bag that she keeps a lot of equipment in as her go bag in case somebody calls her with a fine. I'm going to pull it open, dig through, and as an archaeologist does, she always has gloves. So I'm going to borrow a pair of those gloves so I don't touch anything that I shouldn't. And I'm going to go back over and very carefully kind of pull up on the the fold where I think that is so I can see if I can't get a better look at if it's, you know, fishing line or piano wire or some kind of monofilament. It's actually the bracelet that you gave her previously. And what you would imagine could go around her wrist is now encircling her neck. Well, this is quite unusual. I wonder. And I'm going to take a look and see, like, what's on her desk right now. You do come across notes that directly pertain to her research of your symbol. LaCroix's notes. Most unusual marking on bracelet. Snake and candelabra need more samples to compare and verify pattern. Pre-Columbian, but similar symbol to those found in the Peruvian ruins outside of La Paz. Research Abernathy Expedition. Original manuscript in the archives here? Question mark? Snake Charmer of Titicaca. Sounds like a bad joke, but Dr. Tarada in Boston confirms unexplained lightning strikes at Copacabana in 53. Starbuck? She's been here before. At the Copa. Copacabana. Lightning! I don't think that's how the song goes. Well, clearly this means only one thing. She was heading in the right direction. And if I'm to keep going on this, I guess we're taking a trip to the archives. I'm going to take the notes with me and just do one last sweep of the office to make sure that there's nothing else there. You do so and don't find anything else of any interest. You step out and close the door behind you. I need you to make a stealth roll, please. This is not going to go well. It didn't go well. I needed a 32. I rolled a 62. That's a failure. Down the corridor, you see a student coming around one of the corners. Obviously a grad student. He stops and looks at you. Is she in? And this person is about 100 feet away. They're down this long corridor in the history building. Tumbleweed rolls by. I'm going to start walking down the hallway towards them. Oh, you're looking for um, Professor LaCroix, yes? And this person starts walking towards you, too. It appears to be a relatively young, in his 20s, thin, tall young man, carrying a bunch of books, a leather briefcase. Is she in? I just need a couple moments of her time. I just came from from discussing some things with her. We're old colleagues. Um, she is there, but she is quite busy right now, and she has requested to not be disturbed at the moment. It's very important. Something related to her, her research, and she's very excited. You know how she can get when she gets into it. That's weird. I mean, it's her office hours. Like I said, it's can't really say much, but it is directly related to something out in uh, Peru. Some old ruins, some new writings, something about a snake. All right, guys, does that sound like a fast talk to you? Yeah, something. This isn't going to go well. Uh, I needed a five. I rolled a 46. That's a failure. So you can see his he's very suspicious. His eyes are half closed, sort of looking at you sideways. I'm sorry, I, I didn't quite get your name. It's because I didn't give it to you. I'm just going to pop in and see if, if she's in. And he starts skirting around you. Grab and push him up against the wall. Look, I'm going to spell this out plain as day. 
she's busy with something very important that is of the utmost importance to the United States government. If you step inside of there, I'll haul you away to Guantanamo for treason. She is busy. Do not come back. That sounds a little bit like an intimidate. I needed a 60. I rolled a 37. That was successful. He clearly is visibly shaken that you wouldn't even lay hands on him. Where's your badge? One thing I still kept, just for the giggles, I have the, the little ID that we got from Delta Green. So I'm going to pull my wallet out and I'm going to flip it out and it's, it's all I need. And then close it up and put it back in my pocket. Just long enough that he can see that it's like a, an, an official like government style ID card. Look, man, I, I don't want any trouble. I just wanted to see her. She said that she was going to give me some advice. Uh, I'll, I'll check with her later, okay? God. Now move along. And he disengages himself from your grasp and backs away from you, keeping an eye on you the entire time. When he gets to the corner, he practically runs the other way. And you can hear his uh, footfalls echoing down the corner. It's not going to buy me much time, but it gets me some. Quickly head out of the building and start heading towards the library because I need to check out something in the archives. And on my way, I'm going to attempt to call Roy. Pippa. As you drive back to your house, you feel different, changed somehow. The encounter with the rat thing that wore your father's face has left you feeling oddly excited. Even though the spell hadn't worked on that creature, it had felt good to muster those forces again. Really good. The magic still tingled in your fingertips, and the runic symbols danced in your mind like yellow flame. Next time. Next time, you'd get it right. Now, however, you have an appointment to show the cottage. No, strike that. You have an appointment to sell the cottage. Full of confidence and dressed in clean clothes, you drive toward First Street. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. I needed a 30. I rolled a 41. So you, you arrive at the cottage. Tell us about your preparation to make this to be a sale. Like, what do you do in preparation to make this feel like a home before someone walks in? I do this at every home. A lot of realtors don't do it, but realtors do. I have one of those cheap three ninety nine apple pies that you can buy that are frozen. I crank up that oven. I slap that baby in. And it makes the entire house smell amazing. It only backfired once when the guy was allergic to apples. But how was I supposed to know that? You can't know these things. That obviously is a great first step because it makes the whole place smell homey. I'm going to do a quick run around and open up the windows just a crack to get some fresh air in the home so it's not stale. It'll also create a nice breeze through, which will keep the smell wafting through each room. And then I go to the basement and light the six candles I need to do the ceremony. I will sell this house. Nice. Anything visually? Um, the house is staged, but I have a company that does that. That stages the home. So I'm just going to tidy up and fluff the pillows on the couch and do my chop right in the middle of the pillow so it gets that nice V. Those aren't pillows. You can fluff my pillows. You hear a knock at the door at the time of your appointment. Perfect. I shut the oven off, take the pie out, put it into my thermal bag that I have that I brought with me, and seal that up and leave it right on the counter. Because they're going to want to check the oven to make sure everybody opens the oven when they're walking through the house. That's a good point. I'm going to briskly walk to the door, swing it open. With a flourish of my arm, I welcome them into the house. So you open the front door and there's nobody there. Oh, hello. Oh, maybe they're looking at the garage or around the side of the house. I peek my head out real quick. And as you do so, you notice something on the front stoop. Well, that's peculiar. 
it's looks like it's a bracelet a very familiar bracelet give me a listen please i needed a 40 i rolled a 13 i'm very hard success the hall closet behind you open just a bit of a creak and soft footfalls approach you from behind you begin to turn to see who is coming and something strikes the back of your head you pivot because you listened so well at just the right moment to avoid any damage but everything goes dark open your eyes you dummy you are unconscious so again, uh, what, what about this van? What, what was unusual about it? I heard the guy in in it. And he was trying to be all secretive. I guess he thought his van was more insulated. Did it have like a dragon or anything on the side of it? Well, it had like a wizard riding a unicorn. Yeah, I, I heard that guy he likes to park outside the elementary school with a bunch of candy. Yeah, I mean, I heard that about him too. I just, you know, I don't like to pry. So uh, you saw this weird old van with a wizard and uh, you, the guy had his window open and you heard him talking. Yeah, and he said that, look, hey, the cops are none the wiser. We're blowing this place up tonight. Sounds kind of weird. What, trying to blow up the Miskatonic University? Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. I mean, I, you know, got to keep it vague as I can, but I don't, you know. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, did it have Michigan plates? It actually, okay, this is the thing that will scare you. It had Iowa plates. I didn't think the militia was out that way, but, you know, you never know. These guys get around. Must be the children of the corn dang cultists. It's not out here scaring me. That's all I'm saying. First things first, we're going to need to get you a bulletproof vest. You okay with that? I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of this idea. I just, uh, I don't like anybody, uh, you know, doing ride-alongs and stuff without proper protection, so. Zip. Put this on, double wrap it. I heard the double wrapping, it isn't good for it, but okay. You see, you got two vests on? Yeah, if you put two vests on, you can barely feel the thing. No penetration. A bullet. Yeah. You, know, you and I are going to head down there and uh, see if we see any weird things, any uh, unusual people hanging around. Well, let's let's ride down there then. All right, let's go, brother. You let me know if you see anybody or spot anybody who looks suspicious, all right? All right, I'll, I'll tell you. All right, do you want the lights, the siren, the whole works? <laughs> You're really asking? Hey, it's your ride along. You know I do. And he does. He flips on the lights and uh, does the sirens straight on because you see the uh, there are still some fire trucks and uh, other emergency vehicles heading towards Blaine Manor with their sirens going. So he kind of fits right in, but you guys are headed the opposite way. In approximately 6.5 minutes, you arrive at Miskatonic University. What do you think they're going to put? I mean, there's like a ton of buildings here. Where the, how are they going to blow the whole thing up? Well, you know, there's that main courtyard that exists where all the students are. The quad? You talk about the quad? Yeah. Let's go ranch it up. I, I once streaked there, if you would believe it. Those were other days, you know, back when my dad was still around, you know. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to go look over where that van was, just around that corner over there. I'll be right back. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, I guess I'll beat you on the other end of the quad then. Let's do it. On three. Is it three, two, one, or one, two, three? I don't, I don't know. He runs off to the opposite end of the quad. Just call me if you see anything. So I go, I'm going to go around that corner and make sure I'm out of his sight line. I'll wait around a few minutes and then I'll go meet him. You know, I got this plan in motion. After a few moments, uh, you, you go meet him in the quad. He's like shrugging his shoulders, holding up his arm. Yeah, I don't see anything weird. Uh, how about you? Did you find anything? And I'll pull out busted up long or uh, short sleeves. The van was gone, but I found this gun stashed in the bushes by the, where the van was. That's a gun? Well, I mean, I can tell they were trying to modify it, so these guys, they, you know, they like to work on their own stuff, clearly. 
they clearly didn't do a great job with this, but usually the guys that are good at explosives suck at guns. That's what I learned uh, when I was doing a documentary about it. Well, that, that used to be a gun, that's for sure. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a fast talk, please? Or persuade, either one, whichever's better for you. All right, well, I'm persuading them. I needed a 50, I got a 44, that's a success. Good eyes, man. Yeah, this is weird. I haven't seen anything, a gun like this in ever. I mean, this is a weird looking thing. Well, that's what I'm telling you. These guys, they're, they're, they're whacked out, man. Oh, yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think like they, they tested one of their bombs on this thing and then blew it to kingdom come? Yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, I could see, you know, I just know we got to have people down here. It's scary. I know they said tonight. They emphasized tonight when I heard them. You know, they're not that good at being quiet, unfortunately. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to go inside and uh, talk to one of those administrators and uh, see if we can uh, use the landline and get some people out here. And, and uh, I, I got to alert them, get everybody out of here. Will you mind just waiting for me? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking to an administrator, I might be waiting all day, but I'll wait. Yeah, I know. Those bastards. Meet me back at the squad car or, uh, you know, maybe the tapas truck, uh, lobster roll truck. Whatever. Yeah, I'll meet you there. All right, I'll be back in 10, which means 20. You know, I'll be munching down. Cool, I'll be back. And he trots away. And I'll uh, I'll go over and wait. Rocky. Uh, you were going to the archives, right? See. Si. Gonna need a library used to find those expedition notes. I needed a 75, I rolled a 4. That's an extreme. Nice. So, yep, with uh, no help at all, you're able to go to the archives. Sure enough, it's actually pretty well documented that the Abernathy expeditions were in parts of France. There are notes of a peculiar stone being found. Within those notes, uh, the expedition does mention pre-Columbian symbols and manufacture of a necklace. You kind of get the impression that either Abernathy stole the necklace from Starbuck, or is it happenstance that the stone was simply discovered in France in a dig, perhaps a crypt, but also Starbuck mentioned they had been in France? There seem to be some peculiarities there. It's enough to make you think there is some sort of link. Hmm. And we're going to switch back to Pippa, who is coming to on the floor. <laughs> apple pie! Yeah, you smell apple pie, actually. What the hell? I reach back and feel my head trying to figure out what the hell is happening where I'm at. And you can tell by the lump on the back of your skull that, thankfully, it doesn't seem to be serious. There's no blood. But where, where's your necklace? It's missing. The bracelet is still in your hand. And you see the initials R plus C engraved on the band. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft Tapes. I'm doing a great job. I feel like we're like halfway to understanding what the fuck is happening. No, I don't think we will ever understand. I think we just gotta do it, you know? I'm just gonna burn the fucking circus down. That seemed to work last time. I think we're screwed because my necklace is gone. She's gonna be very hard to, to stop. I'm just gonna move to Ohio. I could be number one in Ohio. Okay, now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Please roll T100. Lovely. So it's going to be Gabe, me, Matt, and Brian. Start us off, Gabey. Uh, I'm going to recommend a podcast. It's called The Rivals Music Podcast. There's like a couple 
shows called The Rivals Podcast. This one's through iHeartRadio. I can't speak on the quality of other Rivals podcasts. And this is the one about music rivalries. I found it like a month ago. I don't know if it's done or if they're on hiatus. And I see from their upload history they've taken hiatus before. But it's what it sounds like. It's just two guys who are both pretty entertaining and pretty knowledgeable going over the history of music through its rivalries. You know, my favorite thing about music, I love music, and I especially love being negative about music. I, You know, I'm a guy who finds negativity fun. They delve into people who hate each other and they discuss it and it's fun they make good cases they always try and make a case like why for both sides of it you know like they don't ever just be like well this guy is just an asshole and that's the episode no they always you know they they give context to where both sides is coming from and it's just a very interesting way that they timeline the uh the rivalry i i enjoy the show I've, I've listened to quite a few episodes they have some that i don't care about like the beatles and even those have been relatively interesting you know even if you don't care about the bands it's it's definitely informational it's funny but it's not meant to be comedy so it you know what they add is just good to have but you know the information's really good and i I enjoy listening to it because you know I, I love a good music discussion so that's the rivals podcast through iHeartRadio. radio all right uh i'm going next guys and my uh recommendo tonight is a film from 2021 that's this year guys this year they made a film Nuh-uh. you're lying it is Nuh-uh. based on a video game <gasps> so it's good. an oculus vr video game it's a movie called Werewolves Within, directed by Josh Rubin, and if you have Shudder, you know that he also directed Scare Me last year, which was quite funny. Josh Rubin is one of the old college humor guys, uh, a writer, actor, comedian, funny guy. He has evolved into a really good director. I had heard a little bit of jazz about this particular film. I really like Scare Me, and on, upon rewatch, it was actually even better. This is a movie that stars a bunch of comedic actors, so there are people here you recognize from other skit shows and other TV shows. It basically entails there is a new forest ranger in town and he goes around and learns about all these quirky citizens who live in this small little uh, new england town but each of course is harboring a secret and there is a werewolf going around the town picking off dogs and people and tearing into generators and doing all kinds of cool stuff it's a lot of fun and it's it's a whodunit so you're not quite sure who the werewolf or werewolves might be it's a little bit like knives out from last year or two years ago similar concept but a little bit more jokey i suppose there's a little bit of gore in it but not much at all josh rubin is just really good at building these sort of scary sort of funny small movies that have a tight-knit group of actors and if you saw from last year the wolf of snow hollow it's got similar vibes to that definitely get werewolves within check it out it's a lot of fun you can't tell it's a video game nice all right uh matt you're up next in the main event tonight uh i have a very zen little mini indie game called dwarf romantic it is a building strategy puzzle game so you start out with a small set of randomly generated 
hexagonal tiles and you have a whole stack of your own tiles. And the idea is, is that you have to use these tiles to build out the landscape around and by placing tiles in the correct spots and following the in-game challenges and little prompts, you earn points and the more you build, the more you score, the better you do. But what's really nice about it is it's a really zen game. Like there's not a whole lot of pressure. It's a really beautiful game. Like the literally the game is you're building landscapes. So you end up with things like forests and small towns and farms. It's a simple concept, but there's enough there to keep you wanting to play. And it's one of the games that I keep going back to when I want to play something, but I don't want something that's really intense or something that requires a whole lot of concentration or focus, but that I can just kind of half pay attention to and still get some enjoyment out of it. It's currently in early access on Steam for only $9.99, and it is very much worth every one of those $10. It's called Dwarf Romantic. Nice. Well, we'll check that out. And Brian, I believe you're last. It's a device I'm actually going to recommend tonight. It's a keyboard, a mechanical keyboard. I got a mechanical keyboard, finally. Although this is the cheapest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I'm very surprised at the performance I'm getting out of it. I initially bought it for my kid because I need the wireless one for when we have movie nights and other other things. So I figured I'd buy her a nice LED lit mouse and keyboard combo. And then when I got it, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to swap mine out and she can have my old one. It's the EYOSO, E-Y-O-O-S-O on Amazon, swappable keys, three pin. It comes with blue, which I don't care. Um, I don't game a lot on my PC, but for typing and everything like that, it is so freaking satisfying. It's got programmable, well, not programmable, but switchable LEDs on the mouse, so you can have different patterns. You can have a solid, typical. It's a backlit keyboard with light blue, and then it's got LED on the sides that you can change also what the, what those do. They can be solid. They can pulse. They can you know run a pattern. But the satisfying part is the freaking... The keys are so clicky. Just knowing that you hit a key when you're old and you learned on mechanical keyboards with a CRT monitor in typing class. Yeah, it's it's uh, quite satisfying. And they're, they're just more durable. Some breaks you can replace just a key and not the whole thing. But right now, it's cheaper than what I got it for. I got it for about $37, $38 for the combo, which is very inexpensive for a mechanical keyboard. Right now, it's tw- on sale for $28.79 with 20% off. So you really can't go wrong. If you need a keyboard and a mouse, it also comes with a small mouse pad, which whatever. It is definitely worth it. It's uh, E Yoso. All right. Cool. Thanks, B. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody uh, can hook me up with a supplier of pushpins, red yarn, and cork boards, I think I'm going to need them. Hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody wants to tell me how great of a job I'm doing because I'm epic, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody wants to try a slice of my hot apple pie, I put some cheese on top too. Mmm. Don't mind the mayo crust. You could reach out to me at Brian Podcasts. Until next time, roll. Or titty caca. <laughs> nice. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2021.
For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.